I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, welcome to the latest in a series called NTT 20 Chats. Myself and George Ellett getting to know people within the EFL. Today, you're going to get to know two of the standout performers in the EFL this season, starting with 20 league goal striker Will Evans of Newport County, and then the EFL's Young Player of the Month for January, Peterborough's Wonder Kid centre half, Ronnie Edwards. I hope you enjoy these interviews. Please subscribe to the podcast and share widely. Yeah, really chuffed with this get for NTT 20 chats because I feel like over the last six, seven years of the pod, I must have said the words, I'd love to get that guy on the podcast probably 10, 15, 20 times. And Generally, it doesn't actually happen, but this time it does. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, we talked about Will Evans on the podcast, Newport County striker, who last night, Tuesday, 27th of February, scored his 20th league goal of the season. And we talked about his interesting pathway into the EFL. And we talked about some interesting quotes surrounding a Gary Lineker off-the-cuff expression. And we thought, Will sounds like a good person to talk to. And here he is. Hello, Will. How are you? Okay. I'm doing well, mate. How are you? Yeah, I don't know if that's a compliment that um, you've been chasing people to come onto this pod but finally got someone. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, maybe uh, maybe it worked in my favour, but no, I'm happy to be on. Well, most people play a bit harder to get. <laughs> well, again, I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> again. <laughs> it's funny because we spoke to um, Connor Harahan, Derby County captain, a couple of weeks ago and he was in Exeter at the hotel before a midweek game, long trip down to Exeter. I'm talking to you on a Wednesday afternoon. You've just got back from the drive home to Newport from Harrogate. You guys spend a lot of time on the road, don't you? Yeah, every uh, every Northern game, obviously from being up that way myself, um, every Northern game seems like an absolute mission away. So, um, especially on a Tuesday night, if it falls on, uh, on a midweek game, um, it does seem an absolute task, but... Um, no, being pretty successful in the with the past few, um, few away Tuesday night games. So, um, do you know what I mean? You get you get by it, and with three points, obviously makes it a lot better. Did you insinuate that you're from the north in that last answer? And if so, whereabouts? Well, I'm North Wales, but um, I'm in I'm like probably about twenty minutes from Wrexham, so across to Manchester or to Liverpool, it would take me about an hour twenty. So I say local because 
as a farmer, anything under an hour and a half is pretty local. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's I'm North Wales, so about 20 minutes from Wrexham. Yeah, my my in-laws live in the countryside and I've I've learned because I'm from London that when they t- when they say someone lives nearby and you'll just like pop round to see them that means like 40 minutes minimum in the yeah, car. Yeah, 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 minimum, minimum, yeah. I'm glad you've, you've latched on. This is going well so far then. <laughs> <laughs> Give you a comfortable start. Um, How about something that might make you feel less comfortable? You've been one of League Two's best players, standout players this season uh, and you're currently playing for one of its form teams really. County, six wins in their last eight games within that you had a game against Manchester United in the FA Cup as well I mean as the season as a whole but in particular since the start of 2024 what a few weeks and months it's been yeah I could probably say personally it's come you know from the start of the season and even as a a collective I think obviously people say they don't look on Twitter obviously you see um, articles and posts about favourites to go down in the league and I think we were rock bottom on pretty much everyone's uh and everyone's predictions. And I love stuff like that because I love that underdog story. I love the whole, you know, proving people wrong and, you know, getting yourself out of out of trouble by just putting in a bit of hard work. And um, and, it, and we started so well in, in the August months and then we rolled into uh, September, October and it was sticky. Um, we couldn't, we had a few injuries. We couldn't quite get many runs going together. Consistency let us down, but um it's 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 in the DNA of, of a club really from the management from the players everyone digs in deep and really you know wants to help each other out and help the club and help the fans and you know we obviously had the good news of being taken over in January followed by we just put a bit of a, a nice little run together uh, going away to East I thought was a really big one for us on a Tuesday night you know they were full of confidence and that was a real you know flagging it flagging the sand because that that's a good side to go down there on a Tuesday night in front of their fans packed out um could have easily gone uh, another way and since then we've really pushed on and that United game will, is something that I'll take to the grave with me like I said and not only to play in it but to score in it you know cherry on the cake really um and from there we've just we've don't get me wrong we've played Knox County and MK Dons and been turned over and I put my hands up um they were the better team on the day and we didn't get it right but um We've we've just said if we can just build a bit of consistency, we want to be looking up at, up and above us rather than behind us. Mm. That United game, what I loved was that Bryn Morris's goal, which made it two one, was a own goal. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> right, like deflected uh, an amazing strike from range, but but deflected past the keeper. And there's that sort of mythology of a of a of a cup upset or a, a game against, for example, a fourth tier team against a Manchester United, where you know the, the suggestion is you need those sorts of things to go your way. But the team's second goal, your goal, was one of the most beautifully crafted goals. Had that been scored by a team in at the very top level, they'd have been breaking it down on match of the day. And an unbelievable kick from the goalkeeper, you and Palmer Holden with some really good link-up play, then back into midfield, overlapping wing-back and you getting across the defender to finish. Like That was an unbelievable football goal. And I just think it was so great that you scored it against United rather than in, in a sort of standard league game. I mean, what, what do you remember about that move? Well, I remember Nick came out and claimed the ball. I think we had like a minute and a half into the second half. You know, it's 2-1. Try and keep it at that scoreline for as long as possible. But I kind of, i seen him catch it from, it, it might have been uh, quite a deep cross. And I think they had a few men forward. So I thought, we're 2v2. Me and Seb are 2v2 at the back here against Varane and Martinez. Listen, I'm, I'm back in there most times. But um, he's, I've just called for him to just play it early. Um 
And something I noticed in the game, Martinez and Varane didn't really want to go for headers. It was Casemiro coming in front and, and you know, standing on toes to try and win that first initial header. So, obviously, there was no screen in front of me. I thought, if he can just get it over uh, over that midfield block, it, it is 2v2. And luckily enough, I found seven in the middle. Like you said, a lovely little move back into midfield out to Adam Lewis, who, you know, his quality on off the left is second to none. And, you know, I've got a good relationship with him now. I know that he's going to play it low and hard. And as soon as I... I I played it into sub. My my first aim was to get in the box, and listen, there's there's <laughs> there's ch- shapes of an own goal from from me, but I, mine was definitely on target. No, no one's taken that one away from me. Yeah, you've scored some really nice, like instinctive finishes like that over the course of the season. Uh, just from from the point of view of of someone who you know you are a professional footballer, but coming against coming up against the guys that you just talked about, Martinez, Varane, etc. Was there any player that really stood out to you that that while you were on the pitch, you were just like, yeah, this is this is world class football. Uh, yeah, to be fair, I did, I did a um, a podcast with some guys who went to the same university as me, and it was a question that kind of blew up, went quite viral on their TikTok channel. It was about Dallo and how. Not surprised by it because you obviously expect that you know these are top players, but he's been at United now two, three years, hasn't really held down that right back position. Um, and I just thought he's lightning quick, technically was so sound. Um, I think he made a couple of goals. He was like that inverted fullback, so he's rolling in, getting on the ball. And I spoke about that touch when the ball's come over my head, it's like round my chest, and he's just back heeled it back to the keeper. And I've just thought, oh, God, I'm chasing absolute shadows here. Um, but yeah, he he was he was one that I've, I look back on and think, wow, you you know, unbelievable. And you look at someone like Kobe Mayne, who's come through now 18 years of age. He just looked like a seasoned pro who was probably mid 30s, just enjoying himself. Just you know, it was it was real eye opening, I suppose. And you know, your obvious Bruno, I thought was yeah. <laughs> Lost of words for him, really. I've always rated him as a player, but when you're obviously in the battle against him, yeah, he's uh, he's something special. Guys like Mainu, I, I'd love to know for someone like yourself who you know your your pressing stats this season are really strong. You're in, you know at League Two level in particular, like as a physical, you know, uh, leading the press from the front. You're pretty much up there with the best of them. When it comes to someone like Mainu, it always feels like players like that have a bit of extra time on the ball, and then. The question must be either if I think if I close him down, he'll probably somehow glide past me. But actually, if I give him too much time on the ball, then he'll he'll just pick a pass whatever he wants. So like, do, to what extent can the manager like prepare you for that? And to what extent do you have to make those decisions kind of on the fly? Yeah, I mean it's catch twenty two because you can look you can work on it all week, and you know there's the same scenario you do on a training ground. In principle, would we'll turn up on a game on a game day, but never necessarily be on the same part of the pitch or the depth of the pitch they might be on the halfway line compared to being on the edge of the box and that's one thing that we've got right this year at Newport again the MK Dons and Knox Counties they want to suck you in and maybe we fall for that trap a little bit I'm not too sure but we've got a good setup now between myself and Seb who have been have been doing it over the last few months is knowing when to go knowing when to sit off and then knowing that you've got your wing backs and your midfielders who are going to support you from behind as well so you know we've worked on it and it, it does come it does come to to show on a saturday um but like you said someone like a main who probably wants to suck you in to pop it ranger he, he takes out the game with with a couple of one twos um and you can get past your, your front line which has been a big big vocal point for us 
I've got the uh, Opta Analyst League Two page up at the moment, and and statistically, we like to talk about stats and look at the data and stuff on the podcast. Statistically, probably the thing that that sets Newport out uh, in League Two this season is uh, the number of high turnovers, which is what Opta define it when. Um, basically a sequence of starts in open play 40 minutes or less from the opponent's goal so you know winning the ball high up the pitch and yeah. Newport have got 32 more than any other team that's Mansfield in second 32 more than even the second most wow. in the whole league um, which is uh, know you know testament to what you're saying not necessarily doesn't have have to be like all guns blazing all the time but it's just being being really smart with the way that you and Seb press from the front and getting that support from behind at the right time yeah, that's that's an interesting fact. That thirty-two more is, is a lot of turnovers as well. Um, you know, it's 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 again, it's it's set us up in quite a in good stead this year. Me and Seb, obviously, people say we've got energy to burn, but you know, it's it's just what we see is is you know the bare minimum. And, and listen, we we've created a chance for ourselves and for each other at, at times. And midfielders coming through, it's it's not just us two going up the midfield, backing up from behind, and everyone being on the same hymn sheet and. Yeah, that's that's surprising actually. It's quite a quite an interesting one. Let's talk about the playoff picture as it is right now. Newport a tenth on forty nine points. Uh, Barrow a sixth in fifty three. They didn't play on the weekend, so and they didn't play midweek. So I feel a bit bad about including them, but they have lost three in a row. And and you know the, the teams in eighth and below are two points away from them now. So we'll say Barrow in fifty three, Walsall fifty one. Jill's 51, Crawley 49, yourselves 49, Morecambe 48, Harrogate 48, Wimbledon 47, Knotts 47. Those teams now in 13th and 14th, which seems crazy. And then Aki and Bradford both on 46 as well. I mean, what? How are you guys engaging with this right now? And and how helpful or not is it in terms of keeping you guys kind of focused or keeping your eyes on the prize? Yeah, like I said, at the start of the season, we were favourites to go down. So to be in this position and to be in contentious and talking playoffs is, um, you know, it's exciting for me personally. I've never been involved in something like this. So um, for one, I'm just relishing it. Um, but last two, three weeks is evidence of how, of how quickly it can change. Um, coming up against the Notts County, I genuinely feel like we've got played off a part. You put your hands up to them and yet we sit four places ahead of them. Yes, it might be only a couple of points, but that's how quickly the table can change and what is that, eight, nine teams within that mix there, it's, it can change so quickly. So I don't think you can think too much about league position and points and goal difference. I think you literally, it sounds cliche, just go into your next game, do what you can. Listen, I'm, I'm not uh, oblivious to the fact we've got Mansfield and Stockport, the next two, you know, the two top boys, but we've beaten Stockport already this year. Um, Mansfield are a good side, but we're, we're at Rodney. So, you know, no, you never know what can happen. And it's, it's, it's on about, taking it game by game let's get these I think these next two are going to be a real test and a good you know it, it, a benchmark for us to see where where we are and after these two I think we go down into single digit games remaining so again anything can happen and I think if you, we've, we've had a good run so far in 2024 and if we keep putting together a consistent run of games then um every point counts it's just about turning those losses into draws and draws into wins and that and that's as as plain and basic i can be about it and on a personal level in terms of league goals only two players in the top four tiers have scored more than you this season and they're both in your division that's langstaff and uh matt smith as well where where has this level of goal scoring come from well 
I think it's just a little bit more belief in myself, a little bit of confidence. Um, obviously, last year coming into the professional game, I, I wanted to get as many games and minutes under my belt as possible. Um, I probably had a run of about 10, 12 games as a striker. I actually started the last year uh, as a left wing back um, and I was in no position to, to kick up a fuss saying I don't want to be playing there. And I, I still, to this day, I wouldn't, I wouldn't kick up a fuss if, if I'm asked to do a position. I had to do it at Wrexham away this year and, you know, I'd scored 15 goals at that point. So, so I'm happy to help the team, but, you know, I I know how effective I can be up top, not just in in what I can, about putting balls in the back of the net, but, you know, pressing from the front, being a bit of a vocal point, you know, winning outcomes, throw-ins, free kicks, corners, high up the pitch. And, yeah, once the first one goes in, you build a bit of confidence, you, you know, you, you create a bit more belief within yourself. And don't get me wrong, I've had some... Some jammy goals, if you like, but I've I've had some, you know, I look at the Jills one, that's just, I think that's a strike of pure confidence. And luckily enough, it's, you know, nine times out of ten, that that goes wide of the post and you get a little oo from the crowd and uh, that's that's that. But uh, luckily enough, that one's hit hit the post and gone in. And I don't know, I I don't know what I brought it down to. I think it's just, you know, having a bit of a a bit of confidence in myself and knowing I've, I've, I've always had it in me, but to do it on uh, in the professional setup is um, is a pleasure, really. Were you always a striker before you joined County? I played everywhere, genuinely. I went to university as a centre mid. Uh, played there for four years as a as like a an eight box to box midfielder, um, and then we lost Adam Roscoe, who actually went to Wimbledon uh, in League One at the time. So I went up top for a season, um, and then signed for Bala when I was playing as like a left winger. And then in that Wales C game, I played back up top in that game. And it was almost to the point when Newport rang, I felt like saying, where do you want me to play? Because I've, I've done it, pretty pretty much done it all. So um, I've always had a bit of an eye for a goal, I think, but never really nailed down my position. But in that Wales C game, I've seen what I could do, do against that kind of opposition. I think that kind of cemented it for me that I'm more effective and most dangerous as, as a striker. And if you're playing box to box, if you're playing left wing, like even watching you now, you can kind of see why a manager would would see you performing in that role. Was it at that time your sort of physical capabilities, your stamina, your athleticism, your speed, your strength, you know, that, that physical package? Do you think that's what helped you catch the eye and that's what helps Newport think, yeah, OK, this is someone that we need to bring on board just because we know that he's got that base physicality that you, you really do need to have in the professional game. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the non-negotiables and someone, it was Robry who brought me in, he probably seen that as he's got the basics, now I can bring him in, work with him every day to try and improve him and I think I've always been a quite a, a coachable bloke in terms of whether I was in my old jobs, whatever I was doing, you know, um, when I was coaching, I'd always take on feedback from my mentors and even when I was at home and I'd been away for five years, my old man would you know, this is how you do it and, and talk me through it. And quite a quick learner, quite, you know, adoptable and adaptable. Um, but it's for me this year, I, I wanted to prove myself as more than just a physical player or a capable player of getting up and down and pressing. Like I wanted to add a bit of that. Well, not add. I wanted to express my qualities that I can offer a little bit more than just the physical side of the game. And like I said, this year, I, I've done that so far. And, you know, we've still got, what is it, 12 games left. So to still go on and, and, and prove myself is, is what I'm aiming for. This is an advertisement for NordVPN. George, you recently became a father. 
Does your daughter listen to Not The Top 20? <laughs> well, she's only just turned one, so it's a bit early for her to be into football. But we also do try and keep her off devices. It's a scary world out there, and when she gets older, the last thing we want is for our daughter to be vulnerable to some of the dark corners of the internet. Yeah, I can see that. In that case, you should protect your whole household with one NordVPN account, including all of your shared gadgets and devices. You'll also be alerted if your personal details come into hackers' hands and can browse in peace of mind knowing that NordVPN does not track your online activities. That all sounds great, but what if she's throwing a tantrum abroad because she's desperate to watch an episode of Miss Rachel? (laughs) Well, NordVPN has you covered there too, as you can access your home content while travelling. Sign up to NordVPN today at nordvpn.com forward slash ntt20. It's risk-free with NordVPN's 30-day money-back guarantee. Plus, as part of their birthday celebrations, you'll receive four months extra and a bonus gift. The power of, of confidence and rhythm is one of the best things in sport and it's really cool from our point of view we see players and yourself such a good example this season players who you can see grow in confidence and grow in rhythm and and as you say like quite often the technical capabilities the physical capabilities are always there there's just something that unlocks that next level and it it must be really exciting when you you get the sense that that's kind of happening to you um, in the moment and and you can back it up with as many goals as you've scored. I mean, you you talked about uh, old jobs and coaching. Can you tell us a little bit about your your kind of footballing background? Uh, You're one of the few players in the top four tiers of English football to have played like Welsh Prem football. Uh, Obviously, there's the Cardiff Met where you're a student, but they also have a team in in the Welsh Premier League. If you can explain a bit of that to our listeners, I, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, so a uh, bit of a long story. I actually started with uh, Shrewsbury Town as when I was about nine years old. My my older brother, who was football mad, you know, we used to go and watch Shrewsbury play. And he, he actually wrote a letter to Shrewsbury Centre of Excellence and saying he scored 27 goals in 19 games for his local team. Would you take him on for a trial? Which, imagine that happening nowadays. It just wouldn't. <laughs> um, they've got probably got scouts at nine-year-old games. But yeah. uh, he actually sent a letter. And that's kind of the confidence and the belief he's always shown in me. So, um, Oh, sorry. He wrote that about you, not about him. Yeah, he... No, he wrote that about oh, me. Amazing. He, wanted, he wanted me to go to, to Shrewsbury to play for the club that he supports. So wow. um, he, he actually sent that letter and they invited me to a six-week trial and weeks went on and it got to about eight weeks in and they t- we played Cambridge in a game. and I, We won 3-0 and I, I scored two goals and they turned around to me after that game and, and offered me to, to, to sign for the Centre of Excellence. So um, that's kind of kick-started my career I suppose I went from there from nine to the age of 15 to or 14 five or six years I had there um, and it's funny because in my final year there I actually played as a left back and at the end of that season I got released um, and to me it was I kind of I didn't really read into it too much because we I was I'd done four days a week for five years um, so I I actually felt a little bit of relief because I didn't have to rely on, on my brother, my mum or my dad or neighbours to take me to training four times a week. So I was actually felt a bit of a relief because I felt it was a burden on them. I didn't really understand the, the nature of, of, of what was going on. But um, that then I signed for my local Farmers League team, the lowest form, the lowest league in Welsh in the Welsh Pyramid. Uh, played a season with both my brothers there and no, that was Farmers League. If, <laughs> if Gary Lineker wants to talk Farmers League, he needs to go and watch one of them games because uh, that was turning up in your wellies, covered in head to toe and shit. Um, 
and lads having fags at half time and stuff like that. Um, which you think's a bit of a joke, but it, it genuinely happened. I was there to see it happen. How seriously are you able to take your performances and your development? And it sounds like a almost a stupid word when you're playing at, at that level. How seriously can you still take it? In terms of going, Just in terms of you thinking about yourself and focusing on trying to be a footballer at a higher level, do, did you just kind of forget it for a bit? Yeah, completely forgot it. It was about being the best player on that pitch at the time, and I had it installed in me that you know give your best and be the best. And whether I was playing in that league for my local team, Van Gedwin, or whether I'm playing a League Two game now, but what I learned so much from playing in that team was I was 16 playing in a man's league full of farmers and tradies and, you know, lads in the local area who just did not, you know, did not care to kick you and kick lumps out of you. Um, we had, and it, it taught me that kind of dark arts of the game, if you like, as, as a 16 year old. And um, I then got a move to Care Seuss uh, Reserves and I went there for a season and scored 24 goals in, in as many games as, as a left winger. And, um, I got asked to go to the first team and I was getting paid 30 quid a game and I thought, oh, I've cracked it. 30 quid a game, <laughs> cash in hand, in a brown envelope. I thought, this is it. Um, and that was in the summer before I went to university. So I only played three games for them. Um, but almost... Nin- I tell you there. what, 90 quid, I bet that paid for a few drinks and freshers week. Oof, 90 quid was... <laughs> and that's what I thought, I, I can waste all my money in the week, go home, earn 30 quid and go and do it again because 30 quid would go a long way. Um, but then, yeah, like the, the Cardiff Met was, it was just a chapter in my life. I wanted to go there and, and study sports coaching to potentially get into the coaching side of the game. If I'm completely honest, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in my life, but I knew I wanted to get out of the farming kind of stuff back home it, it wasn't ever for me you know I kind of missed a lot of it playing football um, at Shrewsbury Town um, but went to trials there absolutely hung over to shit um, and did quite well in the trial and got asked to train with the first team and yeah I've stayed at Cardiff Met then for five years and in my first season we were in the Welsh Prem um, in this in my second season we got into the top six third season top six we got into the the Europa League playoff final lost following year we won um so I've done a podcast before and I said year on year I've always just gradually just built on the year previous whether it was in terms of individual accolades or as a team um higher position in the league gone into a better league um played in the Europa League got through the first round of the Europa League and that um led me to Balotang where I had two really successful years at Balotang with um you know, a really good group of lads. I had like um, Lee Molyneux who played at, at Morecambe and a really good bloke who, who'd obviously been around and he always backed me to be fair and Dave Edwards then joined in my second year. Oh, brilliant, brilliant bloke. Um, brilliant bloke, what a top bloke. I have nothing but good words to say about Dave and, you know, that he always says to me in the castle, he's like, listen, I think you've got the physical capabilities to, to really step up and this it's always been a thing you've got, physically you can do it and it's always a little bit of a, a disrespect to my technical ability. I'm not saying, yeah. but you know, that always gets pushed to the back. And, you know, he, he was someone who always believed I could go on to do it and still speak to him now. 
every now and then. Um, I guess the serious, I, I can see why it would feel like that if people are always banging on about physicality because everyone wants to be messy, right? But yeah, I think there is something in like realism of being a professional footballer in England is you probably have to have that those non-negotiables physically, as you said. Like yeah, absolutely. The time of a of a mercurial number ten who was yeah. who's like five six and can't sprint. You know, there's not many tactical systems that no. allows those players to show off what they can do. Yeah. So I wouldn't don't don't take it to heart when people. No, bang I, on. <laughs> listen, I've got I've got a thick skin. I've got two older brothers, and so I, I know how it works. But yeah, that's kind of my career in a nutshell, I suppose. I mean, I've waffled a little bit there. I've probably missed some things out. But no, yeah, it's the, great. I mean, the, you played against um, whipping up transfer marked as we as we speak. You played against Standard Liège away. Yeah, that was a that was an interesting one. We we were actually meant to play them at home, um, and it was during the COVID season. Um, but our owner cheekily, I don't know how he done it, but he said, "Do you fancy playing it at your place so we can come and experience Belgium?" Um, and it, I, I don't even know if that's allowed. But um, yeah, the fixture got reversed, and we actually went to their ground. And I remember walking into that ground thinking. I'm just a local lad who's, you know, been to uni. I'm just a farmer and I'm playing in a ground like this. And I've, I've known Standard Liège over the years from, you know, playing FIFA and following football and things like that. Um, that was an unbelievable stadium. And to, we actually, we only lost 2-0 and I had to do a drugs test straight after that. And I'd never done a drugs test before. So all the lads were going in and having beers in the change rooms to say, you know, we we've done well whatever me and Johnny Spittle one of the other lads we had to go and <laughs> sit in the toilet for about two hours because I couldn't piss you're not allowed to take a, a can with you <laughs> no no I was thinking this will make me piss quicker if you want me to do that and you know um, UA for license and all this stuff but uh, yeah that was just a whole new experience and now we, 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 we deal with that on the regular so um, yeah little things along the way that I've picked up that have you know if you had told me when I got released from Shrewsbury in 10 years, this is where you'll be. It would, uh, uh, really, really crazy story. But, uh, one that I love sharing with people because it's just so abnormal, I suppose. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Um, going back to technical ability, one of the things that I've noticed, uh, watching, watching all your goals and, uh, there's, there's, if you know the right people to ask, you have the access to the, the really snazzy data platforms, uh, you can get, stats on two-footedness and i'm really obsessed with the importance of two-footedness uh at any level of the game but particularly even at the top level of the game i, I think it's something that people like me find hard to understand how the best some of the best players really can only use one of their feet to, to pass or shoot or whatever it may be and i just think the particular particularly in attack and particularly when it comes to shooting um being able to get decent quality shots off with both feet and, and therefore loads of different angles whether the ball's coming from either side or through ball to either foot I just think it completely opens doors for you as a goal scorer um, I think of Hyung Min Son probably being like the best example at yeah. the very top level where as a defender like he's gonna he's gonna throw a step in and, and really he's gonna go either way and so you can't stand on one side I'm waffling on t because I found out that you are among the most two-footed players in the EFL and certainly in League Two in terms of the percentage of um, passes and shots that you take uh, with with your right foot, your supposedly weaker right foot, is that something that that was natural to you? Is that something that you would have practiced in the garden with your brothers? Yeah, I suppose it comes from uh, just practice. And one thing I've always picked up on this, and it's quite an interesting point. I remember uh, at Shrewsbury we used to do a lot of passing drills, 
where we'd do it directional. So we'd always start passing to the right. And every single, you, you think about it now, passing drills, if you like, when you um, ever did drills as a kid, you always start by going round to your right. So everyone pass on their right foot to maybe start the session a little bit better because, you, you know, statistically, there's probably more right footers than left footers. Mm-hmm. So you're doing passing drills and you're always starting with your right foot. And we used to do this every single session. We always used to start with our right foot to the point where we'd even probably not even change it round and go left foot. So I had loads of repetitiveness of working on my right foot whether it was a punch pass, whether it was a driven pass. And it was one of them. I wasn't a bit like, I, I wouldn't freeze and be like, well, I can't do this. It was just something you had to do. You had to get on with it and, and get it done. And um, I don't know, I've, 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 I've probably always had that. I think that it's, it's stemmed from passing drills and repetitiveness of doing the right foot drill first, more more so than the left. But um, yeah, I feel pretty comfortable on my right foot. I mean, I don't know how many goals I would have scored this year in my right Um but even like with, I remember my assist against Walsall, um, it was a right foot across low and hard and um, I feel fairly comfortable on my right just as much as my left. Mm. I mean, you set me up perfectly there. Who scored has a breakdown of uh, right foot, left foot, head or uh, other, which I suppose is, is sort of back the, the backside as the, as the cliche yeah. goes. Um, according to who scored this season, 20 goals in the league, five with your right, 13 with your left and two with your head. Uh, interestingly, there's from the from last season uh, two two league goals that you scored. One was a header, and the other one is in the other category. So you, apparently, you didn't score with your feet at all last season. That was uh, <laughs> I've headed it onto the Colchester centre half off its shoulder, and it's gone in. Uh, that was actually Coughlin's first uh, game in charge. So um, God, yeah, two goals last year. A little bit embarrassing, but <laughs> never mind. Saved him up. I, I'm obsessed with really good strike partnerships and ones where you can tell that the individuals have qualities but when they play together there's an understanding uh, and and sort of bring out the the best in each other and and I just think particularly in the EFL like the benefit that a team has from um, having two players at the top of the pitch who are so disruptive and and combining well is just one of my favourite things in the game so you and and Seb Palmer Holden um, who's who's on loan from Bristol City uh, he started the season you know really eye-catching form we were talking about him a lot on the pod in in August and then picked up an injury and particularly with the first loan or first loan in the EFL you're, you're always a little bit concerned about whether whether someone like Seb at his age would sort of get back in rhythm but um, when he came back almost immediately felt like you guys were, were at it again so tell me about your partnership with with Seb Palmer, Palmer Holden. Yeah it's one that I didn't really uh, didn't really see coming because when he signed in pre-season I was actually playing as a left wing back um, even to the first uh, first uh, the last uh, pre-season game um, I was playing as a left wing back and I knew I could see his qualities he was physically as a 20 or 19 20 year old lad he is literally the size of a door he's absolutely massive big broad shoulders you know he's he's actually really really quick um, he's got a really good strike on him um, he like me likes playing in behind defences not so much coming into feet but it's something that we both had to you know work on and try and improve and we're still trying to improve that um, but when you've got someone on the same wavelength as you, who's willing to, you know, run their bollocks off, it's it, and it's it's paid it's paid its due rewards uh, this season. Um, it it almost makes your job a little bit easier because you're sharing the load. And don't get me wrong, when I was when I played with Omar up there, um, obviously wouldn't probably cover as much ground as Seb, but 
he would do it in a more mature way and, and showing defenders one way and you know delaying it to allow players to get up the pitch a little bit more. So whereas me and Seb are a little bit a bit erratic yeah. maybe at <laughs> times, but um, and then Zanzala back from injury and, and gets a start last night up front with you and, and scores two goals again has that. You know, if he can stay fit, I, we've watched him yeah. play a lot over the years. He can be super disruptive as well. Yeah, massively. He's uh, physically, like, doesn't look the biggest, but is one of the strongest players in the squad. And his hold-up play is, it's a dream for me. Because if he drags in a defender, he gets a little, gets hold of it, sets him, and I'm making them runs in behind it. It suits my game as well. And, you know, I've, I've played with with Omar and Seb and Oz, um, Jeffers, Luke Jeffcott, who's come in as well, showing real glimpses at times that you know he's a serious player. It's, it, it, I'd happy happily play with any of them, and you know we've tried it with Omar in the ten this year with me and Seb, and it's worked with, at Stockport, and you know it shows what Oz can do um, last night, and when me and Oz come off last night, and, and Jeffers and, and Seb are up top, it's you know always causing problems, and it's it's such good problems to have, and. People have, have, have said in interviews after games, do you see that as a bit of an issue? And I said, not at all. It's healthy competition. You know, we, we bring the best out of each other. At the end of the day, we're all there to do a job. And, you know, you're trying to fit four or five players into two positions. You've just got to make sure that you're in there. Yeah, it's a, it's a hell of a thing to have four or five strikers even uh, that you yeah. can kind of rotate between and you, and you don't lose a huge amount um, when, when players are coming off. Um, well, Will, it's been, it's been so good to chat to you. There, there was... Um, we we have a, a colleague on NTT20.com called Hugh Davis. He's a huge uh, Wales fan and Welsh football uh, lover as well as an EFL lover. And uh, he did ask me to ask you just about like your thoughts on the the standard of the the Welsh Prem. Uh, I tried to pronounce the the word that it actually is beginning Cumbry with Prem. Cumbry Prem. <laughs> Cum- yeah, Cumbry Prem. Yeah. Some of the Newport fans were, were not very impressed with me. Oh, Marty Kings on Twitter. So I, yeah. I, I'm glad you've said it. But you know that, that level, it, it's interesting to us because uh, the League of Ireland, for example, has seen a huge wave of players uh, being yeah. signed straight into the EFL, into League One and League Two, and uh, slightly less so in, in terms of the Welsh Prem. What do you make of that league where, where uh, you were signed from? You know, I've only got nothing but good things to say about the the Cymru Prem. Obviously, I've done it with two different teams as well. Um, done it with you know the university setup where we had the top end facilities. We were training three three times a week, and I've done it with Bala where we were once a week because that's all that lads could have done. Um, and it's got some real quality players in there. And I mean, for young lads coming through and lads going on loan, I remember we've playing against Canava and they've had two or three. Liverpool loanies over the years um, and I think it's such a good experience for these young lads to go and get roughed up a little bit because it is it, let's be honest that you know there's lads in that league who kick lumps out of each other and and again you learn those dark arts of the game and just being a little bit more savvy with you know your body positioning and, and showing that quality you can really stand out and you know I still look out at, at fixtures and results and uh, and cup ties still based in that league and something I like following along to and like I said, I developed my most from from playing in in that league, so I've I've only got good things to say about it. But in terms of the gulf between the League of Ireland and and the Welsh league, yes, there's some work to do. But ultimately, it comes down to the funding that people have got available to put into into a club. You, you know, the likes of TNS, they can sign all kinds of players, and you know they show year in year out that they are you know a force to be reckoned with. It's just a shame that they don't when they go into that Champions League side of uh, 
of football, it doesn't quite work out for him. But I think year on year, they're, they're slowly getting a little bit closer. And you just want somebody to try and challenge them a little bit more. I know Connors Key done it a few years back and they won back-to-back titles. And it was a, it was a really good league, really competitive league to play in. And, you know, they're, they're bringing in through, through some, some great players, both of those sides. So, yeah, I think over the next three, four years, I think it's a, it's a definitely a goldmine for, for clubs to look at. And I've, I've said this on, on plenty of interviews that, you know, Newport seem to do that. And with myself and Nathan Wood and James Waite in the current squad and Sam Bowen, you know, Chrissy Farkerson, who was with us last year, who, who left in the summer, you know, it's, it's, it has got some real, real talent in, in the league. So, um, it's just doing, doing a bit of due diligence and, and seeing what, what works and what can fit into a system because like myself, um, somebody, well, Rovery took a, a gamble on me and uh, luckily enough this year it's paid off. I was going to say re- recruitment in the EFL is like lots of things in life, like just trends will pop up where it, yeah. it, and it can be one individual player that, that makes people go, okay, Oh, Will Evans, he scored 20 league goals for Newport. Okay, he scored he scored two last season, but he's kicked on. So so let's try and understand where he's come from and and you know how you know basically what's his pathway. Okay, well, stands to reason that there could be other Will Evanses uh, in the yeah. Welsh Prem and you know who just haven't had the same opportunities maybe as uh, as as sort of um, teenagers or whatever the case may be. Really really interesting. Hugh's last question was less seriously. Do all the players hate TNS as much as fans do? <laughs> I, I see they've just set another massive unbeaten record. I'll be honest, playing in those games, yes, you do hate TNS because it, honestly, I get it, it gives me nightmares of the Notts County, Notts County and the MK Dons this year. Is you genuinely feel like you're chasing shadows when you, it's demoralising as a player because you feel like they've got an extra man. You, you feel like you're running extra yards, extra extra kilometres when really you're probably not, but it's just the speed they play at. Um, I wouldn't say I hate TNS. I've got a couple of mates of mine who play for them, but they just do it right. They apply themselves day in, day out. And, you know, they've got a tight, tight schedule there. Craig Harrison, the manager, I've, I've come across him a few times. Really nice bloke. And you know, I think he, he tried with Hartlepool. He went, were they in the EFL at that point? I'm not too sure. But, you know, um, they've got a real good setup there. And, yeah, I, I can't say I hate them. Maybe for ninety minutes when I'm playing against them, because uh, um, yeah, they are a real force. Well, Will, it's been awesome getting to know you. It's been fantastic uh, watching you score so many goals for Newport County this season, and uh, and talking about you on the pod as well. So long may that continue. Twenty league goals and still twelve games to go. That's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, looking forward to it. Thank you very much for joining us. Top man, thanks for having me. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So Ronnie Edwards, January's EFL Young Player of the Month. How does it feel? Yeah, I'm delighted. Come by surprise, but yeah, I'm really happy. Do you how much attention do you pay to, to these kind of awards? It must be um, as a as a centre back. It's not often players in your position who get rec- recognition for this kind of stuff. So it must be nice uh, for once it doesn't go to a striker or a winger or something like that. Yeah, you usually see a lot of midfielders and 
goal scorers at the top end of the pitch get these awards. So now it's nice as a defender to be um, recognised as you like and winning the award. Uh, you made your 100th EFL start for Peterborough in January's 2-1 win over Shrewsbury, which is a pretty incredible feat for a 20-year-old. Do you pay much attention to those to those kind of things? Um, how important is it to you to to to, to play? You know, hundred starts. You played, I think, one hundred twenty five league games now for the club. Uh, I think when I was near the hundredth mark, I was sort of um, asking people here and there where I was at, and before that, and now after it, it's just like play as many games as you can and sort of get as much experience as you can, and um, yeah, just take sort of game by game. And the main thing is staying fit, I guess. Obviously, things um, have changed a bit uh, in February, but you went into, Peterborough went into January unbeaten in eight and maintained that really good form with three wins against Derby, against Charlton, against Shrewsbury, and, and also a nil-nil draw against Lincoln. And the Derby game in particular, which was live on Sky, uh, really stood out. You know, you went, Peterborough went behind twice in that game, but scored late to win it 3-2. In this period now, which is a, a bit more difficult, as a group, you, do you look back to those moments where you've come through a bit of adversity and come through it well in order to try and build something again for the, for the rest of the season? Yeah, we know what we're capable of doing. I think at the start of the season, we lost um, three on the bounce. I think it was Portsmouth, um, Derby and someone else. And then we went on 12 unbeaten, you know. So we know what we're capable of. It's sort of just more sticking together and... Um, yeah, sticking together and sort of going again and just clicking a little reset button. Um, and yeah, we know what we're capable of. And it's just, um, we know we've got the character because we've done it against the likes of big teams like Derby before. So it's just about clicking that reset button now. How's the the mood in the camp? Because obviously the, the recent run of defeats have come in quite frustrating, frustrating circumstances, red cards that have cost you a few own goals as well. How's everyone feeling? Yeah, no, we're good. We had um we had a sit down and a talk about sort of our recent form and sort of like I said, click the reset button. Um, obviously you need a, a a little bit of luck sometimes, um, which we haven't had of late. But no, it's just about sort of going again, and um, yeah, I'm sure we will. In terms of of you as a player, Ronnie, you've impressed everyone since you broke into the side a few years ago with just how calm you are on the ball for a, for a young centre back and and how expansive and impressive your passing range is as well. It makes me wonder: have you always been a centre back, um, even growing up, kind of coming through um, in youth football? Uh, no, I, I actually come to Peterborough as a midfielder. Uh, uh, really, a few uh, reserve games at Barnet. Um, I played centre half, but I never I was always a midfielder um from a little kid and yeah as I come here I sort of my first preseason game I played right centre half and ever since I've sort of been a defender now but yeah I actually started off uh, my career as a midfielder. And how 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 were you happy to make that transition when they told you to to play centre back? Uh I wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't say no now. I mean um your face gives you away. Yeah I um I like I like um obviously being a defender, but never say never to play in midfield again in the future. And how important do you think for the development of your de the defensive side of your game has it been to play this much first team football at such a young age? Yeah, I think especially playing in the championship in League One, it's a lot tougher. Um the physicality side of this league, um and that's that's the experience that you need, especially for probably as you can say, not not a beast or a tall centre-half. Um, it's sort of learning your own ways and 
um, just experience of how to deal with um, different opposition. And also must help having a, a brilliant relationship with um, your centre-back partner, Josh Knight, as well. Um, how important is it to have that consistency? Yeah, we're really close off the pitch as well. And I think it just sort of replicates when we go back on the pitch and we're, we're so close, like I said, off the pitch. I think it's just we both know what we're capable of. We've formed a um, strong connection. We both know our strengths. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good partnership. Um, and you mentioned that you made your debut uh, playing on the, you know, a few years ago, playing on the right side, uh, but you generally play on the left now, despite being predominantly right-footed. Yeah. How how do you find that? Is 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 that where you see your future being as a, as a left-sided centre-half, despite being right, you know, right-footed? Um, I'm not really sure. I think as a right-footed player, if you can play on the left, and obviously you can play off both, but it's weird because sometimes I prefer playing on the left side because... I don't know, you're sort of allowed to step in with your right foot and you you can also turn back out and not get trapped, you know. So, yeah, I, I, I can't put a finger on um, well playing the future, but it's definitely open to both. How do you get on with the manager, Dan Ferguson, who's, you know, comes from um, a, a managerial line. His dad had a a pretty good record at developing young talent. And and when yeah. you have a look at the, the players coming through at the moment uh, at Peterborough, whether it's yourself or you know Ephraim Mason Clark or, or Kwame Poku and um, so much really exciting talent coming through he seems to have inherited that ability to get the best out of young players yeah I mean he's really he's really good to work with not just the way he plays and the way he is but he once he sees something in a young player he puts full trust and sort of helps them develop um as they get older and I think since I've been at the club I've loved working with him um and obviously, I've got to thank myself, but I've also got to thank him for sort of the player I am at the minute. Absolutely. What what kind of things um, in particular has, has he looked to work on in, in your game over the last year or so? Because you know, it feels for me as a neutral watching on that this season, you've certainly from the defensive point of view as well, have added a lot to your game. Um, I think a lot of it comes from you playing yourself, you know, you sort of knowing your own strengths over playing um, quite a few games now and I think the relationship that me and the gaffer's got is a, quite an open relationship and because he has such high expectations of me, he's not scared in front of um, saying something in front of the team or if I'm not playing too well, him pulling me and telling me that. So I think also him keeping me on my toes allows me to then go on the pitch and sort of not have that pressure, but know that I've got to perform and always be as good as I can be. And consistently, Ronnie, that there's always, whenever um, there's a transfer window open, there's always speculation and a lot of a noise and a lot of buzz around your career. How difficult is it or, or easy do you find it to kind of block out that noise and block out that buzz and concentrate on your football? Because, you know, it's got to be really exciting for you to to see your name being linked to, to to certain moves and the rest of it, even if they don't come to anything. Yeah, it's it's always nice having speculation and you seeing the name about, but ultimately you're only signed at one football club, and whatever happens off the pitch will happen, you know. And I think I'd be lying if I said it didn't affect me a few years back, but especially now, it's sort of like just get my head. Um, Onto football, football, football every day, and whatever happens off the pitch will happen. You know, you can't control that. Absolutely. Um, you've also had a, a great 
couple of summers playing in uh, England youth teams, uh, winning the uh, under-19 Euros back in 2022. Um, how valuable uh, are those experiences in terms of your development? Yeah, I mean, you're playing with um, a lot of players that are at clubs that you want to be at in the future, um, at Premier League clubs, at Premier League talent, and it's good also because of the amount of games that I've played sort of at this level, also bringing that experience with me. Um, and yeah, it's good seeing different talent from different sort of um, dynamics as if some play in the Premier League, some are on loan in the Championship or even in, on loan at League One. It's just a good um, mix. And it must also be quite benign. You don't really get, you know, all your mates at the end of the season go off for their summer holidays and you've got to go to a tournament. Is that is that a bit I, of frustration? I mean, you could say it's frustration, but then you can never turn down playing for your country. And also what what's happened, you can you wouldn't change it for any other way, you know. So yeah. Ronnie, as someone who'll never play for their country, I can definitely uh, say that I'd much rather go and play for England youth teams in major tournaments than have a summer off. Um it's uh and in terms of like your, your general England ambitions, is presumably playing for the for the senior team is gonna be right up there in your in your career ambitions. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think that I think that's everyone's dream as a footballer to play at the highest level for England. And I mean, if you don't dream big, then there's no point of sort of playing the game. But yeah, that's, I think that's a lot of people's ambitions. And finally, just in terms of of this season and the ambitions for 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 the the, the campaign, you know, there's still a lot of games left. Peterborough currently in in fifth spot on 56 points, so there's a gap of of seven points to Derby in second. Is automatic promotion still the, still the target? Uh, and how much would it mean to you to 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 help send Peterborough back to the second tier? Yeah, that's definitely the target. And I think we're more than capable of achieving that. And yeah, I mean, um, I had a promotion sort of before, but I only played two games. And to play the amount of games that I've played this year and actually play a massive part in it, it, mean, it would mean quite a lot, you know. And I think that's all of our ambitions this year to get promoted and that's what we're going to go for still. So.